Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I want you to see something, because verse 1 tells us that Bethany is the town of Mary right? Luke chapter 10, look at verse 38. If you're looking at verse 38, say, I'm looking at it. And now it happened as they went, he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now I find it interesting that verse one of John 11 tells us that the town belonged to Mary, but the house belonged to Martha. The town belonged to Mary, the house belonged to Martha. I think this speaks a bit about their personalities. Mary and Martha, y'all know your Bibles, so bear with me. Mary and Martha are sisters. And as sisters, they could not have been more different. That's what I'm looking for. I'm going to say dissimilar, but different, okay. And it's amazing to me, and for those of you that have more than one child, you know, it's amazing, isn't it, how, like, one woman can have multiple children, like five children, and every one of them are different. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They are so different. It's like, who are you? I mean, what family did you come from? Because they're so different. And no, no different for Mary and Martha. Their personalities couldn't have been more different. Martha was the busy type. Martha is the doer. Martha is the get-her-done type. Uh, Martha is probably one of those list people. Oh, y'all know. Y'all know people like that, the list people. People who live their lives by list. Everything is on a schedule. Raise your hand. You know anybody like that, like list people? Every, everything they do is on a list. It's on a schedule. You know, according to the time and according to this list, we should get out of bed in the morning, which I don't know how they do that. Well, by this time, we should eat breakfast and Pile into the minivan, and by this time, according to the list, dinner should be served, and by this time, the house should be cleaned, by this time, the kids are doing their homework at this time, and then they're taking their bath according to the list at this time, and then they're going to bed at this time. And don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on you. If you're a list person, more power to you. You do you. I'm going to do me. Say Amen. If you're a list person, that's great. I am not a list person in my house. Do what you want, okay? Just leave me alone. <laughs> no, I didn't say alone. I said alone. Leave me alone. Do what you want. I don't care. So in Luke chapter 10 now, you know the story, and, 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 and you ought to read it. It's best for you list people, put it on your list. Luke chapter 10. <laughs> Luke... Luke chapter 10, 
Jesus, you know the story, he comes over for lunch and Martha is busy getting stuff together and Mary, her sister, is fellowshipping with Jesus and she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, fellowshipping, and they're sitting out in the living room yucking it up and Mary's probably like, Jesus, you are something else. Ah, ha, ha, you a crazy starter, you out of square, you crazy world, you wild. And Martha's in the kitchen, and she's like trying to get the falafels ready and not burn the pita bread. And, and she's doing everything and cleaning the place up. And she hears them out there yucking it up. And she can't take it no more. So she bursts through the room with her hands on her hips. Chapter 10, verse 40, list people. Uh, uh, verse 40, she said, Jesus, don't you care? I'm in the kitchen sweating. Don't you care? You guys are out here talking about worship and devotion and fellowship and forgiveness, and I'm in the kitchen doing all the work. Now, do y'all get this? She is rebuking the Savior of the world. She's rebuking the Creator of the world. Listen, not a good thing. <laughs> She's rebuking Jesus, and you got to love Jesus, don't you? He's so, he's so gracious. He's so kind, he's so benevolent, so merciful. He doesn't say, listen, you pot scrubber. If you think, <laughs> if you think you're going to rebuke me, I'm the creator of the world. I made the pots that you're washing. Pipe down. Jesus didn't blast her. Why? Because he wasn't done with her. Because later she's going to hear those words, Lazarus, come forth. And then she's going to realize, listen, in a very powerful way that the word of God gives life. And that's why Mary is sitting and listening at the feet of Jesus, because Mary seems to know something that, Martha, you don't get it yet. Mary knows something. So then in Luke chapter 10, Jesus said, matter of fact, look at me get back there myself. Look at Luke 10. Go back there with me if you're not there. Look at Luke 10. I just love this. Look at Luke 10. And Jesus said to her, Jesus said, look at verse 41, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried about, worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful or needed, and Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things. Now, remember I told you, whenever Jesus uses the words or the, a name, twice, that means whatever he's saying is breaking his heart. Simon, Simon, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. Saul, Saul, why doest thou persecute me? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have desired to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing. Martha, Martha, you're worried and agitated and crabby about too much stuff. Martha, you're so busy, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the one thing. And listen, you want me to tell you what the one thing is? The one thing, according to David, David tells us what the sweet psalmist David tells us what the one thing is in Psalm 27, Verse 4, David says, one thing have I desired. Y'all read it with me. Come on. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Oh, you know, I need all y'all to read it with me. Come on, ready? One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord 
all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Listen, David's one thing was the priority and the passion and the pursuit of sitting at the feet of Jesus. David's one thing was to be in church. One thing I want to do is be in the house of the Lord. You know, we, 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 we used to say, I don't, we, I, we haven't sang that song in a while. Um, one thing have I desired of the Lord. Y'all remember that? That will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty, the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple, the temple of the Lord, to behold the beauty the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple, the temple of the Lord. Right there. And isn't it good to sing scripture? I was telling somebody, I, you know, I was telling somebody, I said, you know, worship has changed in the church today. Worship nowadays, we're singing about God blessing us. And we're singing about what we can get from God. And we're singing about taking the land and what, you know, God can give us. We should be singing about God and singing to him and worshiping him. And some of the songs and the Psalms, they have the songs that, 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 that we can sing. And David said, you know, the one thing that I want is to pursue the Lord. The one thing that I want is to sit at the feet of the Jesus, at Jesus. The one thing that I want is to be in church. And Jesus said, Mary has chosen the good part. Are you with me? Which is not to be taken away. What is that? Sitting and worshiping Jesus is a choice. And Mary chose it. Look at verse 2. It tells us, look at verse 2, very specific. And John, what I like about this is John is very specific to tell us, you know, details and specifics. Notice in verse 2, it was that Mary that anointed Jesus' feet. Now, the reason he tells us that is because there are several Marys in the Bible. You know that, don't you? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary Magdalene, who had seven demons in her, remember? Mary, the mother of John Mark. Listen, Acts chapter 12, verse 12 tells us that Mary, the mother of John Mark, probably owned the upper room where Jesus told the disciples to wait and you'll receive power from on high but go there and wait. And so the 120 of them are up there waiting in Acts chapter 1. Well, many believe that it's Mary, the mother of John Mark. You find it in Acts chapter 12, verse 12. Many believe that it's that Mary that owned the upper room. We have Mary, the wife of Cleophas. We have Mary of Bethany. So John wants us to be clear that the Mary that we're talking about is the Mary that anointed Jesus' feet with costly ointment. This Mary has a sister named Martha and a brother, Lazarus, who was sick. And in four days, the sickness is going to take his life. This is the Mary that worshiped Jesus and opens an alabaster box of costly perfume and pours it over Jesus' head. 
And it wasn't just a little dab, are you listening? It wasn't just a little dab, of do you? You know how we use like really expensive perfume. We put a little bit here, a little bit there. And if you're feeling extra special, you put a little bit right there, right? A little dab. No, Mary took and poured it over him and soaked his clothes and oil is dripping down. And don't you remember the story? It was Judas who looked at that and said, that was a waste because he was a thief. You know, when you say Judas, don't you get a bad taste in your mouth? Nobody names your kid Judas, do they? Hey, think about it, Judas. What's your kid's name? Judas. Oh. Your child name is Judas? Oh. Okay, Judas. Y'all call him something else? Because they all name, you know. So Judas, he says that was a waste. And Jesus said, because he was a thief. And Jesus said, no, you're a waste. Because Judas, son of perdition, the word perdition means waste. But I want to know, maybe I could get a witness in here. How many people in this room know that worship is never a waste? I'm waiting while you clap your hands. Worship's never a waste. Never a waste. That's why you need to get here on time. Uh-huh. Some of y'all like, uh, oh. Yeah, worship is never a waste. You need to be here. You need to worship because it's important to get your heart right. Worship's never waste. Mary knelt down. She wiped his feet with her hair, and her hair began to smell like Jesus. If you've been listening to me teach this particular story for the 18 years of this church, you know I always tell you this because I think it's always important. That you will smell like the thing you worship. You will smell like the thing you worship. If you worship Jesus, you will begin to take on the fragrance of Christ. I need the saints to say amen. If you worship Flo Rider, y'all ain't think I knew about all these, all these people did. Y'all probably like, I ain't think he knew that. Uh, Lil Wayne. These are, for those of y'all who don't know, these are, these are rap guys that, ugh. Uh, Britney Spears, God forbid. <laughs> All these people, listen, let me tell you something. If you worship them, and there are people who worship these people. Beyonce. Well, people worship these people. If you worship those people, you will begin to look, act, and smell, and, and be like those people. You become like the thing you worship. The Bible is very clear about that. Where do you get that from, Pastor Rodney? Write it down. Look it up in your own time. Psalm 135, verse 15 through 18. Listen. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouth. And here's what I want you to hear. Those who make them are like them. And so is everyone who trusts in them. Listen, you look like and smell like the thing you worship. Mary worshiped. Jesus. I love what Charles Wesley wrote about Mary of Bethany. He said, oh, that I could ever forever sit like Mary at the master's feet. Be this my happy choice. My only care, delight and bliss, my joy, my heaven on this earth. Be this to hear the bridegroom's voice. You know, it's going to be cool to meet Mary in heaven, isn't it? 
Look at verse 3. The sister sent a message to tell Jesus the one whom he loved is sick. Now, I told you the word love is what? Go ahead, yell it out. It was what? Phileo, brotherly love. And obviously, Jesus and Lazarus were friends. They were boys. And actually, Jesus was a family friend to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So the sisters, they have a messenger go to Jesus and tell him that his friend, the one that he's fond of, the one that he loves like a brother, is sick. In my office yesterday, this whole statement, listen, hit me like a contradiction. Like a contradiction. Watch. Jesus, Lord, God, your friend, the one you love, is sick. That seems like a contradiction to me. Because when you think about it, you might think no sickness would come to the house of Jesus' friend or someone Jesus loves, but this home of all homes that you wouldn't think tragedy would come to, this is the home that you might think the angels of God are marching around and guarding and looking after, his, after the family, and yet this family that Jesus loves is going to experience a horrible tragedy. Tuck that away. As I studied, something else jumped off the page, and that's the word Grace. Notice they said, Jesus, I want you to look at it again. Jesus, the one that you love, in verse 3, is sick. Not Jesus, the one that loves you, is sick. Are y'all getting that? Say amen. Not Jesus, the one that loves you, is sick, but the one you love. I love that because if my love for Jesus activated his blessings in my life, then I'd be on a limited supply of blessings. I'd be on a limited supply of blessings because my love, our love, can be inconsistent. Our love can be earthbound. Our love can be self-centered. I know I'm talking to somebody. You can say amen. My love can be self-focused, but thank God, and maybe somebody will agree, thank God Jesus' love isn't activated because I love him. It's not because I love them. His love is activated because he loves me no matter what. Somebody need to listen. No matter what, he loves you. Now, is that a license for you to go out and sin? So you think, oh, man, I'm going to sin it up because Jesus loves me. I'm going to sin it up. No, that's not what I'm saying. But it is a comfort. And it is a tremendous truth. Something else jumped off the page. Mary and Martha, note this, knew where to go when trouble came. They went to, who says? Jesus. Question, where do you go when trouble comes? Do you go to your father, your mother? Do you go to the bank? Do you turn to, you know, money mutual? Do you turn to a friend? Where do you go when trouble comes? Mary and Martha knew where to go. David knew where to go when trouble comes. Write it down, Psalm 91.4. He will cover you with, with his feathers. Under his wings you will find refuge. Write it down, Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help, anybody know, in a time of trouble. The word refuge means, write it down, high tower. 
Hightower. David says God is a Hightower. In a time of trouble, you can run to him. Proverbs 18, memory verse, Proverbs 18, 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are what? Anybody know? Say, very good. Isaiah 26, 20. Come, listen. Come, my people. Enter your chambers. Shut the doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is past. You know, I've heard people say, especially if you, if you hold the position of the rapture. I've heard people say that, you know, you Christians are escapist. You Christians are always trying to escape. Uh, no, we're not. Christians don't run to God to escape. We run to God to rejuvenate. We don't run to God to be pampered. We run to God to be prepared to deal with life. We don't run to God to be insulated from problems. We run to God to be strengthened so we could deal with the problems. So God doesn't only promise to hide us. I hope I'm helping you. God doesn't only promise to hide us, but he also promises to help us. You should be happy about that. He promises to help us. I think of Moses. When the people are crying and whining in the wilderness and Moses would run to Jesus or to God, not a committee, say amen, run to God. I think of Hezekiah. Don't you love that story? Hezekiah gets this threatening letter from the Rabshakeh. Isn't that an intimidating name? Somebody tells you, hey, the Rabshakeh wants to see you. You're like, oh, oh. You know you're scared when you lock up like a board. Oh, the Rabshakeh wants to see you. Well, the Rabshakeh sends Hezekiah a threatening letter. And Hezekiah loved this story. He, Kings, he turns his prayers and his cares into prayers. And he takes that letter, this threatening letter, and he puts it on the altar of God and says, God, here, this letter's for you. You deal with this. <laughs> Don't you love that? You go to the Lord. Mary and Martha, they send a messenger to Jesus. Notice they didn't describe the problem because they thought all they had to do was to tell Jesus his friend was sick and that was enough that he would come as quick as possible. Look at verse four. When Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Now be careful, saints. Jesus doesn't say he's not going to die. He says it's not unto, anybody know? Death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. Now, maybe the messenger came running back out of breath and said, Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. And I'm confident that that put hope in their hearts. Jesus said, Lazarus is sick, that God might get the glory. Y'all need to hear me. Lazarus is sick, that God might get the glory. In other words, the miracle was intended to reveal the glory of God. So how does that happen? Well, three things. Let me give it to you. Number one, it brings glory to God because it points to the deity of Jesus. Only God can give life. Jesus has been claiming to be God and now he gives life. Number two, it brings glory to God because it confirmed the faith of the disciples. Because after Lazarus rises from the dead, the disciples' faith took off. And it made them more effective witnesses, number three. And finally, it brings glory to God because it leads to directly to the cross. 
The cross, listen to me, is the most glorifying event in the life of Jesus. Did y'all hear me? The cross is the most glorifying event. You mean his death is the most glorifying event in his life? Oh, yeah. Fast forward. John chapter 12, look at verse 23. John 12, 23, Jesus said, The hour is coming that the Son of Man shall be what, saints? Glorified. There you go. You ain't turning quick enough. John 12, 23, the hour is coming the Son of Man shall be glorified. When Jesus died and rose again, Jesus was glorified in a great way. Well, verse 5 tells us plainly that Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Simple as that. Now listen, this statement might seem random, but it's not. It's very important that John says this because of what's coming next. Verse 6, when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. Now, doesn't this go against everything that's in us? In our culture, when somebody is sick, that's cause for immediate action. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.